Listen, my friend, Matt. Yeah, come on. Come on, baby. Listen, my friend, T-Bone. Hit somebody. First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there. Hartman. Jackpot. Kansas City. Oh, isn't that the way you wanted to wake up on a Super Bowl Monday? The uh, DJ Flounder, Taylor Swift, Kansas City Chiefs uh, remix. All baby. day, baby. All That's... day, Taylor, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone may come down here and physically assault us if we go all day, Taylor. May I suggest... But there's only one way to find out. Can I suggest to her friend in the, uh, the booth, the box up there, uh, Miss uh, Spice Ice? Her musical friend that was with her last night, Spice Ice, Mac. She was uh, having quite a time up there. <laughs> last you might night. have that backwards, what? Boney. You might have that backwards. But you're still mentally watching. You're still thinking about Usher's uh, performance uh, that uh, had you. We ju- all? That had j- I, I'm. I have to tell you, I knew one song. Um, I knew one song of the whole thing. And he and he closed with it, <laughs> Mac. So. I had to wait. I had to wait for it. But I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I was scrolling Twitter. And it occurred to me that I am in a completely different place than a lot of people. Because a lot of people like Bone were enjoying the hell of themselves. And I was like, my wife and I are looking at each other like, what are these songs? I felt so old because the people that are into Usher are old. Like, you're old, Bone. But how old does that make me, the people that, like, are too old to even really get Usher? Holy hell, I'm a fogey. First of all, good morning. It was my uh, it was my entire Napster playlist from 2002 all coming out. (laughs) First, it was it was Usher. um, Alicia Keys came out. And then when Luda came out. Oh, my God almighty. I think once Luda came out, I lost it. I then, think, I thought, then there was a guy out there I thought was CeeLo Green, but it was Jermaine Dupree. Oh, I thought it was CeeLo. I was trying to guess. That's another thing, too. <laughs> That's when you know you're getting old, when you don't know who the people are. My wife and I are like, who's that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, like, who's the one with the guitar? Her. Uh, I could do a whole Abbott and Costello routine, but I will not. I at least know that that is an artist. If I was, <laughs> I, I'm at least not so old bone that I'd say, yeah, her. That's what I'm talking about. The one with the guitar. And you're like, her. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm asking about. I, you know what I mean? I, you should have done it. You should have just. Her, yeah, if that I would have done amazing. that, if, if, that, if, and I guarantee you there's plenty of old people having that. That's when, at least I, I'm, I'm younger than the people that would have. You know, done that whole Abbott and Costello routine. Right. Hers from now, though. Her is not from that. She's from. She's 26. She's a current. Okay, uh, so she yeah. got in the mix. Yeah. All right, with the middle agers or whatever we're calling you, uh, Bones generation of music from the early 2000s. Anyway, good morning, everybody. We got Super Bowls to recap. We got Super Bowl odds to tell you about where the Panthers rank. You could you could make a pretty penny by betting like two dollars on a Panthers. You could probably make some good money by doing that. We'll put it that way. We got some hoops to talk about as well. The new look Hornets. Eric Collins is a revitalized man. He has new players to profess his love to. Holy crap, he was excited on Saturday night as the Hornets get a win. New guys, uh, you know, uh, playing a huge role in it. And then also, we've got to, uh, you know, discuss the college basketball weekend as well. All right. Sam, we got a lot of feedback. It's like a Smashing yeah, Pumpkins concert little, up in here. What will feedback there on your uh, on your end there, I guess. Turn, turn down Mac just a, a little bit. Thing. Don't blame it on me. I don't, I'm just yelling like I normally do. There wasn't <laughs> there wasn't blame. I was trying to talk to Flounder through it here for a second to pod Mac down just a scotch. 
to make them help it out a little. Okay. All right, Boney. Wasn't any blame there. I'm no, trying I'm to I'm figure out the problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm just messing with you, Boney. Don't don't try to ruin the just, big the big early 2000s day today on this radio. <laughs> just because, um, listen, we got to stay together because there's a lot of people in America that are miserable today because the Chiefs won and many hate them because um, Taylor won and many can't stand it. So let's stay together. This was a Chiefs house here. All through it. Let's stay together and let's celebrate it. I mean, was there any doubt in anybody's mind that watches football that when Pat Mahomes got the button, by the way, credit the Kansas City defense for twice holding the Niners to field goals late, right? That's a huge role, too. But when Mahomes got it back and needed a field goal to tie, hell, I got to be honest, the bigger surprise was they didn't get a touchdown to score. At the end of regulation, touchdown to win at the end of regulation. Uh, and then in overtime, same thing. Defense holds him to a field goal. Did anybody think Mahomes wasn't going to win it? Because then time wasn't a factor then. Yeah. Right? It didn't surprise anybody that's been watching football. The the whole world knew that Mahomes was going to win the game. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes knew it. The Niners knew it. Mac, he's at that Brady-Jordan level. Montana also. That when the game is on the line, when the lights are the brightest, and that dude has a chance to win it, just go ahead and bet on that. Did you notice it was a subtle thing, but it was happening in when the Niners had the ball first in, in overtime. They were they were when they were checking out Taylor Swift's reactions, they kept panning to Mahomes on the bench. Did you notice the look on his face? There wasn't panic. There wasn't like he had his head down, shaking his head, nervous. Mac, he almost had like a smile on his face. He almost had like, I love this. He almost knew, Matt, when I get that football. We're going to go oh, down. He knew. He knew. Yeah, this game is mine. If, yeah, and, and went back to him again. Same look on his face. That dude knew if the game was close at the end, he was going to win it. Yeah. I, if, if we know on our couch, what do you think he's thinking? What do you think his confidence level is? Like, if we're sitting on our couch and saying, oh, he's going to score. How do you think the guy that does it over and over again feels? He knows he's going to score. He knows he is that dude. And Brady knew it when he played, like you're saying. Montana as well. I once thought Montana was the greatest. The best he can do now is number three. Because, I'm sorry, man, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes has entered, in my opinion, LeBron territory. He has entered that area where it's just, he. we will be arguing Brady and Mahomes for years now. He is in that on-deck circle trying to get there. Now, personally, Maybe it has to do with my generation. I believe LeBron will never get there. I will never, I will never, I will always, always argue for Jordan. But in this one, I feel like we got ourselves a legit battle. He's not even 30 years yet, 30 years old. He has only been a starter for six seasons. And he has four appearances in the Super Bowl and three wins. He throws for like 335 last night, too. They hit a point in the second half where they, they realize we got to put it in his hands. This has to be one of those games where he starts chucking it around. He made so many plays. And then the runs, too. The timely runs. He just knows, man. He knows, Bone, when it's time, I got to run here. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. necessarily his first choice, but how many times in big playoff spots? He had a big one in the Super Bowl last year down the stretch. He just know, he knows how to manage the game, and then he's the most freakishly physically gifted quarterback You know, in terms of arm. Like it's just He's the total freaking package. You ready for this, Mac? Playoff stats before turning 30. Stat Muse last night. Mahomes, five, he's 28 years old. Mahomes, 5,135 yards. Brady, 3,217. Touchdown passes postseason before age 30. Pat Mahomes, 41. Brady, 20. INTs, Mahomes, 8. Brady, 9. Championships, 3 each. Super Bowl MVP awards, Mahomes three, Brady two. 
He's got Mac 21 more touchdown passes in the postseason than Brady had at this stage of their careers. Oh, yeah. I believe it because remember how Brady started, right? He, he Bledsoe gets hurt. He takes over. He keeps the job. That team was a defense-driven team. Yes. Remember those early Belichick Patriots yes. defenses? They were great. They had st- big names on it. Once Randy and- Moss arrived, they went to this prolific offensive level. What's what's Randy Moss got there in that year? Where yeah, they that were, was different. But yeah. early in his career, yeah, it was hell. Even with the Panthers Super Bowl, I would wonder to see Brady's re- like. Look at Brady's regular season stats versus right. Mahomes. Like Mahomes is carrying the load way more. It sounds weird. I'm not trying to disrespect Brady. It's just he was a gunslinger from the jump. Mahomes, you feel like Brady? It feels like Belichick kind of eased him into that. That role grew, but uh, man, he's special. I think Steve Spagnolo deserves a ton of credit, too. Four Super Bowl rings, a defensive coordinator. We're talking about one of the greatest defense coordinators in the history of the sport. And how many times last night, Bone, like it always was, was it a timely blitz that led to pressure? Chris Jones had timely pressures that just got Brock Purdy off the field, made him throw the ball away or throw an incompletion. Andy Reid, another guy that's going to be in the conversation of, Okay, where does he rank with the great coaches? Because there's only two coaches that have more Super Bowl titles than Reed. It's Belichick and Noel. Think about Spagnola's um, place in history as well, Mac. He stopped Brady twice on championships. So think about you think about Tom Brady would have two more if it wasn't for him and he's coaching Patrick Mahomes and the defense is helping Mahomes on this run. So, you know, he might not be a name that comes up a lot in, in history, but the only coordinator ever offensive and defensive to win four championships. He's special, man. There's no doubt about it. He, he did a great knows. job adjusting last night too, because I thought early he was blitzing the linebackers. I don't know if this was what he was planning to do. Once he started bringing those safeties, like that one time where he brought McDuffie, completely threw off everything that Brock he was doing yeah that little slot blitz or whatever that was there that was a big play i heard uh nick bolton their linebacker who also was great at 13 tackles last night but he said they went more man that was an adjustment they made less zone more man he said they started doing more zero blitz selling out and uh and it worked man it really did uh but it was a great super bowl bone i mean it took a while to kind of get going um little mac was complaining uh early third quarter is a boring super bowl but from about that point forward, once it got going, Bone, and once there started to be some scoring, like, it developed into a classic, man. Like, that last, I don't know however many minutes, I can't count how many minutes that was, but the overtime, the fourth, and I would say starting, like, mid-third or so, it really cranked up. It may be boring to start, but as long as Mahomes is involved and the game is close, you know the finish is probably going to be something. It's like Tom Brady back in the Super Bowls. They all weren't spectacular necessarily off the jump. I think everyone was compelling in some way, although the Rams won was pretty rough towards the end there. But you think of all his championships, back the Rams game, close. Panthers, close. Eagles, close. The Giants ones, close. Seattle, they all, Atlanta. Every one of them, they may not have started out wonderful, but it's, it, it's, when he was involved and it got close late, you knew some drama was going to happen. So I kept waiting last night, okay, it's not great now. They're trying to feel each other out. It's a little ugly. So let it be close. Let Mahomes have a chance, and here we go. And, the, the, I mean, the Chiefs were horrible in the first half. Mm. I mean, self-destructing. I mean, they had to have two meetings on the sideline. Chris Jones called the defense over to yell at him. Um, you had the offense gathered, too, doing the same thing. Matt Nagy, I think, had it going. You had Travis Kelsey, that incident with Andy Reid. You had mistakes galore, penalties, turnover. You know, they had turnover in the first half. Then Mahomes throws the early second half interception. Like, the Chiefs were so 
piss poor, but it felt like the Niners didn't take full advantage of having the, the Chiefs play like that and having the Chiefs emotional and doing uncharacteristic things. Because you looked up at the half, it was only a seven-point game. And the, and, and, and the Chiefs got that touch uh, field goal going in the half. It felt bone like the Niners probably had to, had regretted, would be regretting at halftime, shoot, we're only up seven. Yeah, the, you know? uh, we need a possible wellness check, Flounder. I don't know if you want to change your name and maybe uh, act like you're fitty, but uh, okay. concerns this morning over uh, West Bryant. It's going to be a long day, man. Uh, here's the issue, Matt. On the promos that ran before our show, oh. Wes said, coming up on a Monday, Wes and Walker, will I come back happy about my 49ers? <laughs> I don't nah. really know. Nah. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to. Uh, I don't. I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to make fun of them, but the Carolina Panthers won two games, so I will. You know what I mean? The only people I will shamelessly make fun no, of not. when they lose in the postseason and we win two games with the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, they funny. won the same amount of playoff <laughs> games as the Panthers won games all season. How many, so exactly. that's a tough I'll take it easy, old old West. I feel like no, he's no. gonna come back how, on me. How many promos did I do this year where I said we come back on Monday? Did the Panthers get a dub? <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 I like when people do it for the Hornets, dude. That one cracks me up. When the Hornets get a big win. Nah. I stopped nah. doing that in October. And half the weekend, you, you the listeners, like, they know we had a stupid promo for, like, half the weekend. Uh, but anyway, um, condolences to Wes, Niner fans, condolences to Taylor haters and Chiefs haters. Must be a horrible life. And by the way... It is not going to stop anytime soon. Imagine how hated they're going to be next year. They're going for three. A lot of people were wondering, would Kelsey retire? But then he comes right out, bone on stage afterwards, and says he wants number three badly. So it's like, uh, sorry, Chiefs haters. You're stuck with these guys. And and, And we'll see. I think you're stuck with Taylor. We'll see. I know people are holding out hope of a breakup, an off-season breakup, Bone, but I have a feeling Taylor will be back uh, for another Did you see that kiss it. afterwards? No chance, Mac. No chance that's breaking. They also won one when they weren't great. <laughs> They're going to get better. Those receivers will get better. Rice will be in year two. They they won it, Mac, in a year where they were vulnerable throughout the regular season. They found a way, and that happens in these dynasties. There's years when you might not be great, but this was a year to get them, and no one could. Because yeah. they got to be the underdog. That's a good point. And they want it in a different way. It's one thing to win it when they're the favorites a lot, like they have all these home games. Arrowhead. This time, Mac, it was like, oh, let's see what, what let's see what happens when they go on the road. Let them travel to Buffalo. Let them go to Baltimore. Let's see what happens. And yeah. it, it didn't. It, it, nothing, it, they're just as good. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 true. And then, by the way, you heard last night the fact they were an underdog every game. Oh, they use that. They use that. Apparently, Kelsey gave a speech bone. That one coach on the Chiefs said was the greatest football speech he has ever heard in his life. It was Saturday night at the hotel. And uh, there was all kind of talk about it. You know what I mean? Sources that were in the room telling different insiders about it. And people were raving about it. And apparently that was the theme of it is we ain't damn underdogs. Get the heck out of here with that. You know? And um, anyway, so uh, the Chiefs he was, uh, it. He was as lit up as a waste management golf fan on the podium with Jim Nance last night <laughs> when he was singing Viva Las Vegas. Jim he, Nance didn't know what to do when he was singing Viva Las Vegas. I have to tell you, his singing is as bad as Taylor's is good. Like <laughs> That Viva Las Vegas was some rough. There's some bad Elvis impersonators out there. No one sang it that bad. <laughs> Woo. Right now, the Charlotte Comfort System's temperature is 59 degrees. Choose local, choose Charlotte Comfort at charlottecomfortsystems.com. And this segment is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Protect your home and auto. Save when you bundle. Get a quote at progressive.com. That's progressive. 
com. When we come back here on the Mac and Bone Show, Mackers, I got to be honest with you here. I got so caught up in here. I don't exactly know what's coming up next here. We're going to recap all the Super Bowl stuff. All the non-Super Bowl stuff. Non-Super yeah, Bowl man. stuff. Yeah, that yeah, includes. A lot of other stuff happened this weekend. And, and what team does that include? Panthers, of lot, course. A lot of Panthers <laughs> news, college basketball, and Hornets as well on Sports Radio. 92.7 WFNZ. Obviously, last year wasn't the year that Bryce won it, but there's a couple things that I think Bryce did a fantastic job of. I think his toughness really showed this year. He got hit a lot. He got hit a lot. He got sacked a lot. He was on the ground a lot. But I'll tell you what, he got up. He ran off the field, came back the next series. It didn't affect him. And then he showed up the next week as well. So you got to believe he wasn't feeling great going in the games. He was beat up, but guess what? He went out there. He didn't complain. He took the heat. He answered questions with the media. The guy can process. He's super accurate. He's super athletic. Man, it's we, we got to get better everywhere. It's and everyone's keeps pointing at Bryce and saying, "Hey, Bryce has got to be better." But we got to be better. We've got to be better all over the place. Luke Keekley, NFL Network, this uh, weekend, or actually the end of last week, talking about Bryce Young. Give him some love for his toughness, uh, processing, and accuracy. I th- still think it's there. I just think that mentally, I think Bone, the more I think about it, like Bryce's, you know, one of his superpowers coming into the league was the mental and the processing ability. All right, uh, there's option one, two, three, bang, get it out. I just think he became so cluttered mentally that I I think it definitely, I think it affected his great processing ability. I think he was worried, am I going to get hit here? You know what I mean? I just, uh, guys aren't open. I just think everything threw him off. And, and all of a sudden, the mental was a strength for him in college. And I think that strength was negated because I think his mind had this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. Like, it, it, his mind was, I think, messed up as he's trying to play the position. He was so bothered. We heard you know? last week, Mac, that there were too many voices with Baker Mayfield's time here. And Bryce Young should ultimately, I would hope, be better than Baker Mayfield. But he's still a guy that's been there, done that in this league for a number of years before he got here. So, Mac, if a veteran is saying there is too many voices to process, what would a rookie, despite how good he is at it, if a veteran that's won a playoff game before thought there was too many voices, what would that do for a young quarterback in his, in his first year? Yeah, and how are we so messed up that two completely different coaching staffs uh, apparently have too many voices in the quarterback's ear? Like, seriously, it's not, it wasn't even the same coaching staff for Baker as it was for Bryce. I know. Unless, the same thing. Unless we find out, Mac, that Tep is actually in the headset. <laughs> Tep is saying, all right, Bryce is like, who is that? It's me. It's David Tepper. Hey, we want to go uh, look to the right. There might be a guy open on this play. And go. Here, Bryce, you're, you're going to throw the ball, and I'm going to throw the drink simultaneously. All right, let's do it. Um, yes. That's why I, Bryce kept doing the thing with the hands over the ears. He's like, is that Mr. Tepper up there? <laughs> Paul texts in. He says, I love here. I always love hearing Luke say we. Oh, he's a big we guy. I feel like y'all are more excited when Luke says we than when I say we about the Panthers, and I get that. See, that's another uh, example that Luke can do whatever he wants to. He's a he's a we 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 all the way home man. And we say, oh, you guys are homers, man. Be professional. Yeah, I feel like he might have earned the wee bone. You know what I mean? I feel like he might have earned it. Panther Bo says y'all weren't kidding. Mac and Bone Taylor's version. <laughs> I'm telling you, lock in, folks. Flounder. At what what point uh, will this really anger everybody, Bone? That Flounder is determined to play all Taylor Swift songs uh, to what, celebrate what the time Chiefs. Is it, what time is it right now? 
<laughs> we are at 627. Uh, 6.07. <laughs> First one came we've through. Only, yeah, we've, we've, it's very limited right now, though. Uh, but we'll let people wake up. A lot of people sleeping off the hangover probably still. Yeah, I go, I'll go 8 o'clock rejoin people who get really you think angry. that's when it really hits? All right, a couple of quick Panther tidbits, and then we'll talk about uh, your new look, Charlotte Hornets, all the new guys, including the, the Charlotte kids, but uh, as they get a win on Saturday night. But uh, a couple of – and college hoops, obviously, we got to mention the results and uh, what happened. Happen. A couple of things for the Panthers. We mentioned their Super Bowl odds. So, Bone, you actually saw this this morning. This will surprise nobody. The Carolina Panthers are last in the early Super Bowl odds for mm. next season. And they, so there you go. They uh, Mac, not only are they last, they've got they've got a whole area by themselves here for a while. They are plus twenty five thousand. They are they are dead last. The next closest one, the Titans, are at plus fifteen thousand. And then you have one, two, three, four, five. Five teams at plus ten thousand, so uh, they are they are kind of chilling right now. But you know what though? Let's play that underdog role. Let's play spoiler, man. Use the, Canalis if you're up and at them. Go print this out, show the team, and do what the Chiefs do. When they get when the Chiefs are underdogs, they use it to their advantage. <laughs> Fire off a tweet, Davy C. Fire off a tweet. All right, uh, tell the world. Give me an eyeball emoji on those odds. Uh, this morning, let me know you've seen it. Uh, yes, I am. I would hate for him to get tagged in that. I'm a raging Panther homer. We're last in the odds. I say next story. I said, you know what I mean? Like we have earned this spot. Uh, we have earned this spot, and hopefully, uh, we can build something moving forward. But as far as us being last in the odds, that is uh, that is not a shocking development. Hey, well, um, Mac, all up from here though. Uh, they, they, that's true. That's up. actually true. They can't go any lower than this. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Panthers hire QB coach Will Harriger. Um, the or very early in the process after Canales got the job, this dude was mentioned as a guy that was interviewing. So it's not surprising. He comes from uh, the Dallas offensive staff. He was an offensive assistant with Dallas. But the, the, the tie-in is that he worked with Canales in Seattle. So this is another. A lot of that, that offense boner guys he either worked with in Tampa for a year or guys he worked with in Seattle previously. Hey, uh, whatever was working with the quarterbacks, keep that together, man, because it's done wonders the last couple of years. Although this guy was in Dallas with, uh, uh, with, with no. Dak. But that he was, was working for a while. Did he? he was, <laughs> was he not with Geno, though? Or did, I, did I miss him? He you? was with Geno, yeah, yes. That's, what, I'm, that's yeah. what I mean. Okay, you got that going on. Um, it worked a little bit with Dak, whatever this guy was involved in there. And you know what? No coach can help Dak in January. All right? There's not a man on, on in the world that could. Uh, they also have fired somebody, Taylor uh, Rijak, who is the longtime uh, 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 director of football strategy and analytics. He was the analytics guy that was brought in there. What Did Rule bring him in? I think so. Or no. Or was this pre-Rule? This was 2019. But Rule's I, first it, year was 20, the pandemic year. Yeah, so, so maybe the this, year before, this might even been pre-Rule. So he's been there for a while, spanning different coaching staffs. I, the name's very familiar. I'm not going to lie and act like I know what's all attributable to him. You know, yeah. but it seems like new coaching staff, new GM, and maybe they want someone else in this capacity. Uh, so they made a change there as well. Most uplifting Panther news of the week, Bone, is Jeremy Fowler from ESPN reporting that the Panthers will do everything they can to keep Frankie Louvu as a free agent and that uh, talks expected to start kind of maybe at the combine here soon. Yeah, what so, was what was the projection in total? Was it a spot track? Was it a forty-five million dollar deal in total? I think that's the four-year, forty-five million. Four-year, forty-five million. But, so. but spot track, take it for what it's worth. They have Burns getting twenty-one million a year. 
Does anyone think Burns is going to get $21 million uh, a year and uh, sign that uh, long term? No. So no. it's like, take it for what it's worth. But, yeah, I would think that's a range. I mean, as much as he does, he's not a pass-rushing linebacker. He's an off-ball linebacker. He does a lot. With, I mean, I shouldn't say that. He blitzes real well, and they can use him on the outside if they need be. He's really a jack-of-all-trades. I would hope $11 million a year gets it done, but we'll see. They got it. They got to keep it. Is he man. not the definition of what Canales and Morgan were talking about, though? A dog? Yes. They want dogs. Exactly. So we can talk about where he fits in this. He has something that you can't measure via that stuff, and that is that dog mentality. So there's no way. I would not think there's any way that those guys in year one trying to establish the culture with dogs, he's not getting away from that. He should not. The only question is does he want to take it to free agency and see what, what, what kind of offers come in? Play everybody off each other. You know, yeah, yeah, or, he, or do we, you know, clearly they want to do it because I'm pretty sure Burns is being tagged. Right. Yeah. I think we all agree yeah. with that. So that means Luvu's got to be done without a tag. You got to get that done. So it'll be interesting to see how that process it is, works. It is so hot in here, Mac, right now. I might how take, did, how did it I get might hotter ta- over the weekend. I might take my shirt off like Usher here at some point. <laughs> Please don't swoon over me, though. By the way, how predictable was that? I don't even know anything but one song about Usher, but I know he's always shirtless. Oh, yeah. Like, that was predictable. Now, with that said, if I looked like that without a shirt, I would never wear one. I would never buy one. I got to be honest with you. Here's what I'm thinking, though, Mac. Well, that's, <laughs> while that's going on last night, I'm thinking for Max victory dances, what can he take away from Usher? He had that little tippy-toe slide movie he did there. I think you need to incorporate that in your next – it was like sliding on his t- tippy-toes, man. There's a lot like of – like, uh, like a front-facing moonwalk. Okay. I'll work on that. There's a lot of uh, pelvic thrusting with Usher, too, as well. It really is. Which the ladies and Bone seemed to enjoy last night on stage. All right. Let's get into the basketball side of things, Bone. Uh, because the Hornets had a lot of different players on the floor on Saturday night. I mean, you look at that. First of all, Trey Mann started in his first game after being traded from OKC um, in the Hayward trade. Then everybody that played off the bench, I believe, was a new player. I think Cliff only played nine. Bone, you look at what what did that tell you, the game the other night? about the guys who have been coming off the bench for this team previously. And just, like, everyone, like, every player bone that stayed around that were the bench guys that were getting run, right? Thor and Leakey and McGowans and all those guys, Mensa, they all just sat there and watched. 54 points bone from the new players. Um, and it was actually enjoyable. Hell, hell, Bridges only took 13 shots, made 11 Miller only took nine. They actually had other guys. They've acquired a bunch of shooters, right? Yes. And they had other guys that could take and make shots the other night. That was uh, that was different, man. You know, and it's a good thing. They had forty-five points and thirteen rebounds off the bench and four steals. The energy was there. It was just watching something different, Mac. It was guys that can, in general, guys that can shoot the basketball, guys that were healthy. It was amazing what depth on a roster can do for you. Will it sustain? Obviously, there's a long way to go. But at least this second half of the year will give us something that we can watch. How does Trey Mann look? How does Mitzich look? How does Seth Curry evolve even more into his role here? And Grant Williams, I think, is going to be a, a factor here for a number of years based off the contract. So, yes, it may not lead to a ton of more wins. But from where we were to where we are now in terms of the value of watching this team the rest of the way – 
At least there's something fresh to look at here. And at least, uh, you know, you get the, the stuff for the future, draft picks, and, and, and eventually cap room, right? Yep. Although these trades kind of ate into next year's cap room a bunch. But, and it also just allows us to play the game as we go along, like evaluating players. Like, who do we think, hey, we wouldn't mind this guy sticking around for a few years. Is there anybody? I mean, I have to be honest, Misich's performance was an eye-opener. I didn't. You told me that he was the EuroLeague MVP at one point because all I looked at is, oh, he's a 30-year-old rookie, so he'd been playing in Europe, right? Just finally came over, wasn't getting any burn with OKC, three points a game. Like that didn't look like, you know what I mean? And then I watch him, and I'd be damned if he didn't look like Steve Nash. Like I mean, the way he, the way he was creating and then hitting shots and creating for others. I was like, holy yeah. crap. OKC Bone has some guys sitting on their bench that would be like the best players on the well, Hornets you know, team. People were saying, how do these guys not play? Well, look at the, the starting point guard for the Thunder. And he plays a ton of minutes. SGA. Yeah. So it's it's hard to crack that line. They're good, man. They're young and they're good. So you could have some good players sitting on the bench. Mike, he's, he got drafted in 2014, the same year as Noah Vonley. Misich did. The same year as Noah Vonley. He spent about 10 extra years in Europe over there. So he didn't – it wasn't like he just got drafted. He's, he got drafted a decade ago. Uh, it was fun to watch. And I think it was – was it Richie Randall of Busby? I'm trying to remember who said it yesterday. Big difference, too, on those corner threes when it's Berton shooting it rather than the guy with JT Thor. <laughs> the God of Thunder. The God of Thunder is uh, – will not step foot on the floor again, I have a feeling, Bone. Uh, uh, yes, and EC's excitement – for these new players is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. More on that later. We'll talk about that later. He was recharged and rejuvenated, and you predicted that on Friday, Bone. Yes. You said he would love these new guys, and then you have the angle of Dell calling the game for Seth for the first time. We're actually going to play some of that coming up in a little bit. The audio, you tell Dell, was really enjoying that moment. I do want to mention some of the college results. We did our fair share with it again, Bone, in the Carolinas this weekend. Uh, UNC, uh, it got a little dicey, a little scary at the end, but they get a road winner uh, that they needed. They're 6-1 on the road in the ACC. We saw Wake beat NC State. Those teams have played two absolute thrillers. Give me one more in the ACC tournament between those two. They, they just they both want to run up and down the floor. They played two great games, but Wake won this one. Uh, you also saw Duke win against Boston College at home. Uh, you saw South Carolina win again against Vanderbilt. Clemson against Syracuse gets a big win on the road as they continue to try to solidify that tournament resume that we all think that they have. Charlotte yesterday, speaking of getting scary at the end, they blew a 14-point lead, um, but they didn't blow it all. They were able to hold on at the end um, and uh, get the win. I couldn't believe Aaron Fern did not foul up three at the end, but they they survived it. And uh, so they're 9-2 and two in conference and uh, what stuck out, but what stuck out, Bone, from the college hoops this uh, weekend? Well, first of all, I'll start with Duke here. It was another, I, I would call it, Mac, another workmanlike effort. The first half, BC was hitting shots. It was a little kind of like, is this going to be one of these games? But much like Notre Dame, uh, they pulled away at the end. What I like to see about Duke is, hey, how many people are involved? And they got 17 from Mitchell, 16 from Flip. Proctor had 10. McCain had 11. Roach had 16. You're always wanting to see. Balance. They're not a superstar-driven team. Filipowski, I don't think Mac has been as great as he was supposed to be this year. He's supposed to be that, I think, that 1A. But they're going to have to be balanced. They, they can't have one missing part to be as good as they can be. Everybody involved. And UNC, Mac, 
got out to a great start against Miami, and they they did what they did, though, right? They they hung on late. That's what they've done so many times this year. Um, it, it got a little dicey for them at the end, but outside of Georgia Tech and Clemson, UNC has found these ways. When things get in trouble, they're a veteran team, and more times than not, they are going to end up winning out in those situations, especially on the road. My, my heels takeaways were um, the adjustments that were made defensively to shut down Pack and O'Meara in the second yeah. half. Bone, those two together had 34 at halftime. They had six in the second half together. Um, they doubled Pack. I heard Hubert talk about this in the postgame. They doubled Pack. RJ was on him a lot. And then inside, he just credits Baycott, one-on-one defense against Omir, something I think that's very underrated. They had two big defensive plays late. Cormac broke up that fast break, um, and then Baycott with a big block late. How about Cadeau? That's got to be a takeaway, too. Aggressive Cadeau is is a game changer for Carolina. Uh, he drove, which he's very good at and scored, but he hit two freaking threes in that game. Um, again, I want to see this kid in the offseason shoot hundreds of threes a day. And if he comes back, Bone, next year and the three is consistent to go with the drive game and the distri- distribution game, he will be a great player, man. Mag, would you say that Cadeau and Proctor are similar for their teams? Because when they're both aggressive and they're attacking, it changes the offense completely when they're involved and not just either settling or it's, it's great to get other people involved. But I feel like they're kind of similar, Mac. When Cadeau is attacking or Proctor is attacking, their offenses open everything up for them. That's something to watch here, February, March. When those guys are in attack mode, it puts their offenses on a whole other level. Yeah, it definitely can. There's no doubt about it. We got, UNC, um, we got UNC Syracuse tomorrow night, right? So that's the next one for yes. UNC. Yeah, we got Wake and Duke tonight. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte is um, hosting Texas San Antonio on a Thursday night game. All right, there we go. Um, uh, but we'll talk more about all this. We'll do more. Uh, we'll do another hoops recap in the midst of our tons of Super Bowl talk on the show, no doubt. This segment is brought to you by Progressive Progressive Insurance. Protect your home and auto. Save when you bundle. Get a quote at Progressive.com. That's Progressive.com. We come back. Sounds of the weekend, and there is plenty to hear on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You got that McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime! Kansas City wins the game! 25-22! And the Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class! Because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, man. Mitch Holtz, uh, Holtzis, uh, Chiefs Radio Network. I feel like he could have just given us the years on that one, Bone, how long it's been since the Patriots went back-to-back. Did he really need to give us 6,900-something days? Yeah, how about the less numbers, the better? <laughs> keep, it, keep it simple. How about, hey, this team's good. How many years is it since the since the Patriots repeated? It was uh, 20. They beat the Eagles in 2005 super like the year the actual year of 2005 so 19 the, the Panthers year was to 2003 season game was in 2004 
Then they beat the Eagles a year later, so it's 19 years. Okay. All right. 19 years. There you go. You could have went with that one, old Mitchie. You could have went with that one. I was trying to go through it in my head because the the NFL seasons cross over to the next year. Oh, I had no chance of remembering exactly. That's why I asked you. I knew you'd be able to figure it out. It was the year. It was the game where McNabb yacked his cookies in 2005. Okay. All right. Um, T.O. was very unhappy with McNabb's tummy that day. Was very unhappy about that. Okay. That Andy Reid was on the other side of that one. Yeah, that's true. That that's. True. Interesting. Interesting little uh, little part of that whole detail. Uh, the Chiefs three and five years as well. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about this later among all the different legacy questions with these Chiefs guys. But doesn't it have to be considered a dynasty in this age of the NFL? Hell, I got to be honest. In any age of the NFL, I'd give you dynasty if you win three years and uh, three times in five years. You do it in today's NFL with the parody that we have. That's a dynasty, right? It's got to be listed with the and, and I don't think it's ending. No, it's, you know? it, it's not. And also, I, I know that there's a ways to go, and anybody can jump up any given year. But, Mac, they just rolled through the last couple years some teams that we thought could be their competition. Cincinnati last year, Baltimore, Buffalo this year. So those teams, Mac, that are at the top of the AFC with great quarterbacks, the Chiefs said, oh, yeah, come on, bring it. Let's go. We'll just knock you out of the way, too. So who going forward? is going to be their competition that has the confidence to beat the Chiefs in the big spot. Because every single time now, the Chiefs are just knocking these teams off. I'm not sure they're going to uh, not win a Super Bowl until Bryce is ready to beat them. You know what I mean? I feel like that might be when they're done. <laughs> oh, God, I hope I hope that's right. But, you know, I'm uh, I'm joking. All right. That Let's, first half looked like a Panthers game, didn't it? Low scoring, kind of sloppy field goals. Well, my daughter, you know, because she's new to football because she's a Swifty, she made her own little Travis Kelsey Taylor-inspired Chiefs nice. homemade shirt, right? So she was all into this game, but she says, no one's scoring. This, this isn't any fun. I said, yeah, this is what it would be like if you watched the Panthers all year like I did. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Anyway. It's funny. It's funny because it hurts. <laughs> All right, let's get a couple. Let's do a little sounds of the weekend. Let's let you hear a couple sounds. Speaking of legacies, the Mahomes one, the GOAT conversation is obviously one that, uh, you know, just upped in, in volume and intensity with the win. But how about Andy Reid's placement among great coaches? I said earlier, only Belichick and Noel have more Super Bowl wins than Andy Reid, who now has three. And Pat Mahomes basically says, I'm back in my guy for the GOAT coach. I mean, he's one of the best coaches of all time. I believe he's the best coach of all time. I mean, I know he doesn't have the trophies yet, and I have a lot of respect for some of those great coaches. Um, But the way he's able to navigate every single team he has, um, continue to have success no matter where he's at. Um, And for me, he brings out the best of me because he lets me be me. I think that's that's important is he doesn't try to make me anyone else. I I don't think I'd be the quarterback that I am if I didn't have Coach Reed being my head coach. Um, And um, and and other than that, he wants you to be the best person you can be, and that's something that I think is uh, truly special. He's the perfect personality for what that team needs, right? He lets Mahomes be Mahomes. He lets Kelsey be Kelsey, even though he might be a little bit uh, uh, insane at times on the sidelines. Or Andy Reid, Mag, it doesn't feel like he ever lets that uh, overshadow the ultimate goal. He is the perfect personality at the perfect time to lead this dynasty right He now. is. Offensive genius, too, man. That play call, I mean, some of those play calls late, um, well, they ran that. They ran the uh, formation called Corn Dog, and then they ran Tom and Jerry off the Corn Dog. 
These are actual. These are actual. Well, corn dog was last year's one, right? It's all based on, and this one was a variation of that. I guess yeah, they said it was Tom and Jerry. Andy Reid says this was a corn dog with mustard and ketchup. Is how he described it. But the corn dog essentially is that fake jet sweep. Yes. Fake jet sweep motion, and then you go right back out into the flat, and you're open. And that they did that with Hardman. They did that last year, right? As well in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So uh, same stuff, same principles. It works again. Um, I love the play. I love the names of the formations and the plays that he has, too. It's just I could mag if you're if you're calling plays called corn dog and you're going to run Tom and Jerry at a corn dog. I'm all in on this thing. These are plays that you these are like plays you would teach a kid, right? Or play names. You would oh, tell yeah. it's a kid. Better, it's easier to know than the John Gruden ones where he's like ZY four one three nine four nine one banana man. Let's go, man. I'll do man. Uh, I don't know. What did you say? We said Corn so, dog. Oh, I got that. We said something earlier about Dale Curry and how proud he sounded while broadcasting Saturday's game, having Steph uh, or Seth uh uh back in, in his hometown of Charlotte for playing for the Hornets for the first time and wearing number thirty. Number 30 with Curry on the back. Um, same jersey, right? So listen to Dell. This was in the pregame, before the game, talking about uh, Seth playing his first game for the Hornets. This is pretty cool. We have got five new Hornets, two of them from Charlotte, and Dell, one happens to be your son. Yeah, this is a dream come true as a dad that played here for 10 years to have your son play and wear the same number. I haven't slept much last night, haven't stopped smiling since the trade was made, and now it all comes to fruition right here. So there you go. He was proud. He also talked him through. Uh, he only hit one shot. For all the success the new guys had, Seth had the slowest night of any of the new guys. Only hit one shot. It was a three. But there was a cool moment where like they showed the replay, and Dell like talked him through it. There you go, son. Step into it, you know. And he kind of like talked him through the shot, kind of like you imagine he would have done here in Charlotte in the driveway, you know, yeah. when Seth was a kid. That's the thing, Mac, about Seth right now. He is not, you know, he's become a really good player in his role. He has not uh he was out of the mix in Dallas this year. He's only averaged four points a game this year, so not sure exactly what transpired there, but he was not in the rotation for the majority of the season. So good to have him have that moment. But think about we're talking about the rejuvenation of watching this team the rest of the year. Think about Dell. Dell's got to go and travel for every one of these games and a lot of these games are 20, 25 point, 30 point games. Now Dell Mack gets to watch some new players and his son. Think about what that'll do for a broadcast and sort of lifting you up a little bit there. So that's awesome that they can have that moment. Here. By the way, Bone, uh, the, t- uh, the, the uh, most amusing text of the first hour has come in. Texter says, 704 number, Taylor Swift won that Super Bowl. The NFL is garbage. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, I was dealing with the NFL as scripted and rigged crowd last night. Now, I do have a question about that, though. The NFL scripts, Mac. If the NFL is scripted, and the Cowboys bring in that many viewers. Why are the Cowboys never in this game? Yep, 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 yep. Wouldn't the Cowboys be in there all the If the NFL had a script, they'd want Dallas in these games. Wouldn't they not? Would they not uh, get in here in the last I mean, 30 that's years? A, that's a legit I feel like there's a lot of legit questions that people think the NFL scripted. Like, why does the team go in with full of competitors uh, uh, just agree to lose in the playoffs? Why does one of two teams agree? Yeah, let me go along with this. Wouldn't someone try to blow the script up and just try to win? Just I, go I rogue? So. Yeah. Um, the other thing this is... This is not a Jerry look, Bruckheimer production. The other thing is, I got to get to here. Uh, Pat Mahomes needs Taylor Swift to win a Super Bowl? Get the bleep out of here. He was doing fine without Taylor Swift. I don't understand, like, and then um, I do like the fact Joe Biden, or I'll put it this way, whoever runs Joe Biden's Twitter account, <laughs> leaned into it after the game. Uh, laser eyes Joe Biden picture, 
And what did, uh, what did it say? Um, just as we drew it up. Yeah. So I love the way the Biden Twitter account just leaned into to mess with people with all these crazy Taylor conspiracy theories. Taylor, I, then they tied it into politics. I mean, I just, I, I we have never been this doofusy with the conspiracy theories as a country. We are at an all-time high in terms of people just believing the most cockamamie, crazy-ass theories. I it's insane, man. Couldn't agree more on that. <laughs> we come back, plenty of game reactions. How did the Chiefs do it? Where does the credit go? And we'll also analyze the San Francisco decisions within the game, too, on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Tinfoil Hat Radio.